you do have those moments where like you have a horrible run as things go wrong on stage you have to like that's why you have like as an actor you have to be so good like quick and able to improvise because the show has to go on right it's not like film where we can go cut it's like mm. everyone's we're all watching now the audience is here we paid we want to see a show so if something goes wrong you can't now you know be like oh sorry guys let's just quickly rewind we need to keep it going so you need to just think so quickly on your feet and you know be able to keep the show going because really the show must go on ladies and gentlemen welcome to golden generation podcast i'm your host the nature boy and we are so grateful to each and every single one of you who continue to listen to our podcast we honestly love you guys each week we're dedicated to bringing you guys the best talent that's out there but most importantly trying to give you guys some much needed inspiration motivation and value to any of you who are looking to enter the business world the creative world or the sports world today we have a tiring episode we have a talented Anati Godlo, an incredible actor who graced us with a discussion around her career so far in the acting industry and she shares some of her aspirations for the future. So I'm going to hand it over to Mondly who will be conducting the episode. So Silvertoe, we drop that beat and let's go to the moon. actresses I know out there very confident never shies away from anything and as well in the spare time you know if you need makeup artist she got you so yeah um first time I actually saw your work was in 2019 I think it's Maharain that one where yeah. we had hidden hidden uh, hidden yeah. campus there so yeah that was the first time I ever saw your work and I'm going to lie that stuff was you know, mad interesting was a very interactive yeah. play went around the whole yeah. like, the whole building and like we wanted to know like how did you when did you actually know that you were passionate about acting um it's so weird because like i don't think there was a time where i didn't um know or didn't think that this was my calling really um because from like as early as i can remember when i was a toddler i would like dress up in my mom's clothes like wear her heels put on her dresses and i'd stand from her mirror and like kind of talk to myself but like it was little skits that i was doing already and like little monologues that i was performing in front of this mirror and so for me it's like i maybe back then i didn't know what to call what i was doing but i think like i just it's always been in me like from birth you know like i can't remember a time where i didn't want to be a performer right, right, right. and then obviously i see on your cv it all started there in dhg once you like was serious about it 
and like obviously you had Epizombie. And then yeah. the year after that, you went to Grahamstown National X. How did that happen? Like, how did that all? So we did, um, every year at DSG, we would do um, a school production. So the drama department would have um, a production that they do. And usually like the matrix and grade 11s would get like the main roles and everything. And this was um, quite special for me because I was in, I was actually it's the matrix that usually get like the lead roles, but I was, I wasn't in matric at the time. And I got to share one of the lead roles with two other matrix, which, um, was so cool and such a great experience. And the play was Metamorphosis. And it was just such a, I think the way even our director did it, it was so visually um, like pulling and even just the work and the storyline and the way we just staged it was so cool that we had a lot of people coming up and being like, this looks, it feels like it's not just a high school production and it feels like it needs to be seen by other people. And he always had like our director this belief that he wants to, there were people in our class who were so serious about drama and acting that he was like, okay, I want to give you guys outside experiences. Like, let's see if we can enter this to the National Arts Festival and put you guys on like a different platform. Um, and that was so cool. But let me tell you something, what a flop. <laughs> we, we just, I think, I don't know if it was the pressure, from like going from being like on a stage at school to now like being at um, the arts festival. But our run was horrible. The reviews were terrible. People were uh, like, everyone that like came to watch, not everyone, but like people that came to do like reviews were like, yeah, you can just tell it's a high school production. Cute, mm. tra la la. There were just so many things went wrong. Lights would just go off at times that where they weren't <laughs> supposed to go off. So, but the experience, like, was so cool. Now, I know about bombing, it happened once when I had to do a skit when I got to uni and got there. Yeah. I remember I had to read the script again. Next thing I know, I'm saying, ah, 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 I'm stuttering. And I'm like, yo, it's tough. Like, that's why I'm like, I appreciate what you do, actually, because, like, it's not really easy. It's, yeah. it's actually no. scary. And when you do have those moments where like you have a horrible run as things go wrong on stage, you have to like, that's why you have, like as an actor, you have to be so good, like quick and able to improvise because the show has to go on, right? It's not like film where we can go cut. It's like mm -hmm. everyone's, we're all watching now, the audience is here, we paid, we want to see a show. So if something goes wrong, you can't now, you know, be like, oh, sorry guys, let's just quickly rewind. We need to keep it going. So you need to just, think so quickly on your feet and you know be able to keep the show going because really the show must go on i'm assuming there was obviously a, a different level when you went to uct from compared with you when you're at dsg like obviously the practices yeah. are more intense people take it more serious like there's nobody's yeah. joking around so obviously there are different um acting schools like after and obviously there's also bits and stuff but why do you choose uct um the program for me seemed uh it seemed like it offered more like of, of a practical component to it um when i looked at so i got into after actually and i also really liked what after had to to offer um but uct just seemed like 
okay, they offer as much as it's academic as well, but they also like really um, are also focused on the practical part of it. And I know it like Rhodes, a lot of people say it's like theory based a lot of the time um, and like they do practicals, but like, I mean, at UCT, you'll have, you'll have your lectures in the morning and then from like 12 till 6 p.m. it's prax, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's like your whole, like, and that's what I was really interested in. Like, I think the academic stuff is great and, you know, but for me, I really was so interested in the practical part. I really wanted to be, um, to learn and to just be pulled and challenged in like different ways, practically. Mm. Nah, I hear yeah. you. And then out of all of the plays you did there at UCT, which one was your favorite? Um, it's not a play, it's a monologue that I did. Mm -hmm. Does it still count? Yeah, <laughs> well, that's what you're doing, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, second year, we did heightened text. Mm -hmm. And I think I also realized like my focus, or not just my focus, but what I enjoy and what I'm also really good at as an actor. And we did Greek monologues and I did a, a, a monologue from Trojan Woman. Mm -hmm. And I, my character was Hecuba, and that monologue, like I dream about that performance. Like, I, I, I don't know what it was, but it, it just, oh my goodness, yeah, my favorite, my favorite, favorite performance. And do you ever get like, you know, when you have to learn a new character and everything when you're preparing for like maybe a show or something? Do you ever get attached to that character? Because like obviously you've heard about the story of like Heath Ledger and them where they sit in the room they just method acting every day just you know they actually like embrace the character they live like the character day to day have you ever done that as well in the past um actually there was i think it was in my final year um uh, i did a play directed by called the wrath and Oh my goodness, that piece was a challenge. That was also one of my favorite performances. It was so like, in, like cause I played a mother, right? Mm -hmm. Who like has to, they have to leave their home and she has to leave like with her children because the father of the family has just been a typical South African man and done the most. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, <laughs> you know, so now she has to look after her babies and like, it's like, people are coming after them and but she's also holding on to the secret where like I don't know it, but the character was just so like human and like I think I because when you when you do your character work you obviously well I like to start by asking myself do I know someone like this because then it, it makes it easier to like mm -hmm. attach characteristics and you know um and so I used someone who I used aunts and 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 mothers that I knew, and it just was so it felt so personal. And also because of the storyline, like I knew a lot of women and girls who had been through what her youngest daughter went through. So um, you know, this mom's keeping a secret. She knows. Turns out all along she knew that her husband was um, sneaking into her daughter's room every night. Um, and and abusing her and so it's like 
I hate this woman. I hate this character because I'm like, screw you. Why would you do this to your child? Like, oh, but now I have to become her and I can't judge her. Like, I can't judge her. I have to be her and I have to, I have to like find the human in her. And so that for me, that character was hard. It was hard waking up and having to, um, go play her and then go to bed. It was like, oh, I'd have to like shake her off. I'd have to shake that character off. Like, yeah. Oof. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a dark character to live, yo. Um, um, and like, obviously from that time at Hidden to now obviously you went from Hidden to Baxter. Like, obviously the stage must be different. How do you feel going to like, you know, performing that Baxter theater and you have aspirations to like, obviously, much bigger theaters later on, you know, New York type yeah. of things. Yeah. First of all, my class and I were gassed to be going to the back. So like, <laughs> we were like, <laughs> only because of COVID, like they had to like separate us. Um, we couldn't all be together. So like the final years got to go to the back. So we were gassed. <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we were like, yeah, but like the big boys, like, <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, but that was so cool because not only did we get to perform um, and rehearse at the Baxter, but we also got to work with um, Lara Foot and 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 Du um, and Wongile Manzai, like just brilliant um, artists and performers who gave up their time to like come teach us, and we got to learn from them. Like that was just unreal, and it was a huge shift because you really got to learn that, okay, we're working now, we're like with industry people. This mm-hmm. is no longer like school time. This is like, you come in at a certain time. Yeah, if class starts at 10, be there 15 minutes before. Yeah. So that literally at 10, we're pressing play on the music for our movement class. This is when we start warming down. Not at 10, like, oh, hello, hello. <laughs> no, none of that. Like, none of that. Let's go like go why are you here you know and it was like lines we arrived day one sat down with lara we discussed the text and then she said cool tomorrow can you guys be off book like know your lines we were like what so it was it was like and but that's how it is right that's how it is like in the in the real world when you're working actor you come in usually like lines you know them you know um so that was so cool and it was so great to have that experience just before we all graduated yeah. it was like a taste of what we're all going into um and also it just even like the storyline we did ways of dying by zex and Dao, which is just such a beautiful novel and the storyline is so heavy um and it was just we had really like big important conversations and we became so much stronger even as a class that was predominantly white like mm-hmm. and the storyline is a black story so there were those conversations that we had to have which for me it was so cool it was just such a an elevated space mm-hmm. and even the level of performance had to be elevated and then after obviously graduating, now you had to go into the real world, auditions and stuff. So, okay, I, I don't know. I've never done an audition. So 
like what's the typical callback time and waiting time for an addition? You know, do they tell you on the spot then that, you know, you got it or now nah, obviously, you know, those, yeah, we'll call you and we'll call you if we want you or yeah. something like that. Those typical, you know, those typical lines. How is yeah. that? So um, my experience is, I mean, I have an agency, so my agent will email me or they'll WhatsApp me. So they'll be like, yo, commercial, like here's a casting for commercial. Um, can you make tomorrow 2 p.m.? And it's usually like, like we'll be in studio somewhere in like Loop Street or town or, you know, um, and I'll arrive uh, like 10 minutes before, do the COVID protocols, get my number tag thing. Um, and then you sit, you wait while someone else is inside. And then sometimes they bring you in in groups of five and then you get to watch like as the other person goes forward until it's your turn. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, you do, you stand there, you do your thing. You kind of will get a script and you, the castings are especially short, sometimes just one line. Like, and that's what makes it so tricky. You get given one line and you have to sell this product or like this brand with just one line like and it's two minutes it's not quick no one has time to like you know it's like okay cool just do it this way look here do that wave at this time when i say oh. like stop you look at the car that's pretend there's a car going past like it's like you kind of walk up feeling i am horrible i'm not an actor let's start there like you feel you dodge yourself yes. you kind of go okay <laughs> you know and then I always, it's always so good to just forget about the audition. You go, mm -hmm. you audition, you give your all, forget about it. Um, move on. If you get it, you get it. If you don't, you forgot about it. So you're not going to remember it, you know? Um, but you usually will hear after like maybe a week or sometimes it's like, I mean, there's a commercial. I, I, I just finished shooting uh, last week and I heard that they were optioning me like three days after I auditioned. Yeah. So it like, it really differs. Um, but it is the, the waiting process is daunting and it's hard and you really have to not make it about you because you can, it's so easy to go, I'm not good enough or like, why do I never book the roles? Like something's wrong with me. I just don't have the look, da, da, da. Uh, there's always something waiting for you. Like, mm -hmm. and I saw, saw that with myself. Like I waited a very long time um to book a, a commercial like book my first one and I and once you book it you feel once you book that first job whatever it is you feel okay cool like you know and you go and you do the job and then afterwards like it just picks up it's just about getting yourself in there and also kind of um really trusting the process like and it is a waiting game it is a waiting game and then, is, yeah. Um, obviously, recently I saw on Instagram you got an award from the Standard Bank. Of, as a, what was the award? I think. Yeah. What, tell me yeah, about that Standard award and how that ha happened and everything. Because obviously, you said you just got the award on Instagram, just you're like couldn't get it in person, but like, yeah, you got the award now. Uh, so, um, we found out, the company found out last year that. Um, we got the award last year and then I just took so long to go pick it up from our director but so I did I think I was still in my final year or third year 
uh, where um, my one lecturer hit me up and was like, listen, there's this new play that's being entered at this festival um, and they want to do a reading of it. So they're not going to, we're not going to like rehearse, like we're going to stage it properly, you know, it's just, they want to, it's more of an offering really to let people hear this new play um, and just what it's about. And then the steps afterwards are potentially to, to stage it properly as a real production. Um, so I was like, yeah, cool. I'm really interested. I showed up to the first reading. Um, there were a few of my friends there, uh, but also like a few guys that I like didn't know of. They were doing like, they were more on upper campus. Um, so it was so cool to meet other people. And yeah, we sat down, we read the play. And first of all, it's brilliant. Like it's, yeah, I, I absolutely love that play. So it's called Dipalo. Mm -hmm. And it really just speaks to like the shadiness of churches, bro. Like the shadiness of these priests. Oh, <laughs> you know, catching altar boys type one. Like so, it was it was it was cool. So we did first reading um, at this festival, and then we won like best playwriting. Mm -hmm. yeah you should you should have it somewhere i had it yeah. written it's in my cv um yeah. yeah so we won that and we're like oh cool and then we wanted to stage it but then COVID. so we were like okay let's do an audio version so when we had that like big lockdown and we're all at home we recorded on zoom mm -hmm. actually we'd meet up and like rehearse and then we recorded the audio version on zoom then when we listened back to it it was just like the sound was just not like great. So we all um, decided to record it in Cape Town mm -hmm. at the Baxter um, and they just got like equipment. And yeah, so we recorded this audio version. They submitted it to the National Arts Festival and then we won an award. So yeah, that was, it was really, really cool. Especially cause you know, when you, you, you do a project and you, you don't never think of like, the magnitude that it'll like you know have or like the crowd that it, it will reach and like to, from where we started with just a reading um mm. to winning like an award at the national arts festival that was really cool like you just actually reminded me now um you were in your final year when COVID actually hit and i'm thinking now how did you guys go about your practicals? Because I'm like, when I was there that year, how was easy for me to go to school? So it's like, I just submit yeah. my documents. That's it. You guys obviously got practicals. People have like, maybe they've got a monologue that they have to say. Obviously, you guys have yeah. to do a whole Zoom thing. And you know, we do live in South Africa. I've got to be realistic. You know, everyone's not everyone's got like the best internet connection. Yeah. So obviously, yeah. it makes it a whole difference. So how did you cope then as well with your mental health then as well? Who it was so tough, like, especially because we were writing, um, we also had like our thesis to do. Yeah. And to like have, you know, you get a supervisor and usually you'd have your supervisor in person sit next to each other and like, you know, and we were doing it like this on Zoom. And it was, it felt 
I never, I never thought, I like, I didn't think I was going to finish. Like, I genuinely didn't think that I was going to finish my degree, um, just because I was like struggling so much, um, and our classes were just like this, like voice would be like this, um, and we're just sitting there going, <laughs> like literally, movement would also be like this. You just get a chair. Um, and then like our movement coach will teach us just like this. Um, same with like my thesis, my supervisor had said with her just like this. It was so hard. It actually got to a point where some of the voice classes, we just stopped doing their movement. We just stopped going. In the beginning, we were all supposed to do like these monologues and we would meet for sessions one-on-one -on -one with our mm -hmm. director like this. And it was cool. Like he tried to change it up in a way where it's like, okay, let's make it more filmic then now so that you guys are ta like taping on your cell phones and also a great way to learn how to self-tape. Um, so there were like changes. They were like things that were ch like changed to now fit our circumstances currently. Mm -hmm. um, even our one course, uh, it's like a film course that we're supposed to do. We did it on Zoom. And dude, so many things just felt like, I guess they're trying and our lecturers shame they did the best that they could. Um, mm -hmm. But there were just some parts where it felt like, man, I'm losing out. COVID really like, for, I think for our final year, it felt like we were losing out on so much learning. Um, but then, you know, we, we got to go to the Baxter and mm -hmm. finish off. That was like around level two or level one? That was level one when we were all home. Oh, okay. Oh, the Baxter. Yeah, when Baxter, when you guys went to Baxter, was it around like no, level Baxter one? No, Baxter was level one. It was level two. Like things oh, had okay. slowly opened up. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Then obviously after graduating, next thing we hear, you are on SBC two. Now doing comedy. You're naturally funny, but now like you get you're getting paid to be funny. Come on. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was unreal. That was unreal. Like, oh my can I tell actually I have a story. I have a little story. Um, I go audition for this thing, okay? So I get an email from my agent saying, um, comedy mixtape, you know, Stuart Taylor, Telemate Productions. I'm like, I've heard of Telemate Productions before. Like, mm -hmm. and I know of Stuart Taylor. Um, you know, I, I, I'm like, shit, this is, this is big. Um, so I go to the audition and I'm waiting. I get there. I see Aiden, who's this, a guy that I um, studied with and he's also waiting. And then my other friend, Masitana, also comes. So now we're waiting right for your turn where you go sign up you know you do your COVID dundons they give you a little number um and now we're like sitting learning lines some people are learning lines like <laughs> it's like yo and it's so hard to sit there and listen because if someone is practicing in a certain way you're like Ish, I didn't I didn't rehearse it like that though so so I always try to like sit on my own so that I'm not like listening to like anything else then it's my turn, great. Go in there um, and I'm like, hi, you know, do my intro, there's a camera, whatever. And then they're like, okay, so we see a list of accents here that it says you can do. Can you just give us a teaser of each one? 
And I was like, I was so nervous um, that I was like, yo, I don't even know which accent can come out right now. Like, I actually like don't even know. Um, and then I remember I started, I think it was, I started with like the British one. And like when I first started, um, I was like, no, that's not, I was like, sorry, 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 that's not it. Um, oh my word, um, sorry, I'll get it now. Um, this is literally me in the audition. Like, I'm literally, I'm like, sorry, just wait, like, I just need to think. Um, and then I was like, then I got it. And then when the audition actually started, I was like, you know what? I fumbled a bit in the beginning, but now I am gonna give it my all. Like, I'm gonna leave, like, no stone unturned. And the one guy, Maynard, the director, was laughing so hard. And I was like, okay, I think that kind of went well. But then when I walked out, you know, you can always get that voice that's like, you're not good enough. And while I was walking out, this voice was like, of course he's gonna laugh just to make you feel better. Like, that was horrible. <laughs> um, so the minute I walked out, the minute I was done, Monty, I was like, all of my Ubers, I just want to be out of there. I just want to be out there. I was like, I'm never gonna think of this again. Like, I'm done, I'm done. And they probably think I suck. And then literally like a week later, I got the call. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. And then obviously, what characters did you play actually in the, the TV show? Because I saw you were playing a policewoman or a security guard in one yeah. of them. How was that? Like, obviously, you had to channel what your experiences were to you walking around, what the typical security uh, guard Yeah, was. I was a security guard at a hospital, at a public hospital. I'm sure we've all had those experiences where there's just that one, um, and they're all uh, uh, the same. Like, just being so difficult. You'll be mm -hmm. going to ask, sorry, I'm here for the vaccination line. Where is it? And they'll tell you, go to the back of the line. Like, you see, there's a line. And you're like, no, I just want to know. Like, I don't want to stand in the rock. They'll be like, sorry, move. You are, you see, most there's a line. Just move, just move. So it wasn't at all like that difficult, I guess, to um, get into character. In fact, like, it was so much fun. Like, it was so much fun. And I played multiple characters. I played, like, the first character that I played was a karate helper so I'm like this helper I'm cleaning and then these guys break in and I just happen to know kung fu like <laughs> you know um and I'm, I have like my ironing on my iron I have like the kids toys that I'm like throwing you know so um it was that character there was the security I played uh Oprah I played a ghostbuster um because Y'all be ghosting. Um, <laughs> I played. Hey, we're not um, the same. We're not all the same. What else did I play? Yeah, it was multiple characters. It was so much fun, dude. Ah, oh, it was so much fun. It was so much fun. So this year, what's uh, what's the plan? And obviously, there must be more on the way. Well, actually, what are your goals and aspirations for the year? So. Uh, this year, I really would love to land a role in a movie. Like that is my biggest goal. I really, I would love to. Um, I would also love to like do more commercials, but my biggest is to put stage my first play mm -hmm. that I've written. So 
this year I really want to focus a lot on writing and um, and directing. Like I really want to put on my first play. Mm-hmm. I do. That's those are my like current plans. What I'm working on. Um, but yeah, I'd love to to stage my first production. And obviously for your first production, what genre are you, you know, tapping into? You want to comedy or... You know, we're you doing know, drama. Drama, right, right. Because... You know, doing drama. You know I'm coming with that heavy, <laughs> heavy stuff. You know I'm coming with that heavy stuff. Visuals, just grotesque. Oh, come on. <laughs> Come on, no, I want you to feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one. Because the other day, funny enough, I was sitting here re-watching Uncut Gems and I was watching it with like my cousin and stuff. And he was like, yo, he doesn't take Uncut Gems serious because Adam Sanders still like, to him, he's just a funny guy. And I thought to myself, yeah, actually switching between the drums, like if you've been making a certain genre your whole life, not to say, nah, I'm going to go try to do, like, I'm going to do drama now. But yeah. you're always doing comedy. It's, like, it's very difficult for people to take you serious. But, like, obviously, you, you're naturally funny. And, you know, I've always seen you in dramas as well. So it's like, ah, you can probably I've juggle both. I've, I've always done, like, more, I've always played more, like, um, dramatic um, characters and, like, pieces and that like the comedy hasn't always been if you know me obviously like I'm hilarious <laughs> but like comedy I haven't performed a lot of um comic comedic pieces like I haven't and when I did comedy mixtape I was like I felt at home I was like yo I because also it's actually a really difficult genre like mm-hmm. it is hard to be funny yeah, once it's like it's easy naturally. Like, just... it, yeah, naturally it is, but to have to like be scripted, mm. and then it still to us has to feel natural. Yeah. Like it's it's tricky, and you know I give you know I worked with such amazing comedians like South African comedians that like we've all grown up watching, um, and man, when you watch those guys, you're just like. It just looks so natural. Mm. Like it comes so easily to them. And I'm like, wow, like I get to learn from you guys. This is cool. And did they give you any advice on like how to navigate in the industry? Yeah, I was that little annoying freshie on set that would like when they're having a moment, like having their coffee or just having a break, I come and I'm like, so um, what would you say to your 22 year old self? Like, <laughs> you know, what advice would you give yourself like entering the industry? I just had like my little, I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Okay, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> um, but no, really, like I would go ask, um, because some of them I know are on the radio and I'd be like, you know, how did you, um, what, what, what's the best way to get into radio or what's the best way to like, you know, do this or that, or what would you say to your younger self who was knowing everything you know now? Um, you know, what would you say to your younger self? And obviously I was asking more like, what would you say to me? Mm. <laughs> like, well, give me <laughs> advice. And it was awesome. Like, um, cause also, it was realistic stuff that they had to say. Mm-hmm. 
which yeah i felt so privileged like i still hold that that experience so close to my heart also so my first tv day come on it's <laughs> <laughs> so obviously you ooze natural confidence like you've got self-confidence in boatloads like you know and they call it the harbor there's like ships of it like your confidence is high so obviously when you prep for like auditions and stuff and obviously sometimes you do get rejection and how would you tell someone let's say you're like you said to them you're 22 the let's say the 14 year old version or not how would you tell yourself back then like how would you prep for things how would you guide them to like obviously get to where you are now i would say that no means next opportunity and that it's never about you mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, I think the, when we get rejected, we take it so personally that we think, oh, they're rejecting me. Like, it means that I wasn't good enough. Or it means that, like, I'm not worth this role. I'm not worthy. When it really isn't, Brew. They have, they sit there, they have a character in mind. They they have written this this character so thoroughly. And so they know that we know what we're waiting for when it walks through the door right and it just means that that was for someone else mm-hmm. but it doesn't mean that like yours isn't coming the same way that like when i booked comedy mixtape for my characters those characters were i were for me like you know and everyone else who had auditioned for those characters doesn't mean that they were not good enough or that they like you know couldn't they weren't worthy of them. It just means that I was what the directors were waiting for. The same with like a role that I would go audition for and get like get a no, not get. It doesn't mean that like, I'm not good enough. I'm not, you know, shit, like I'm a horrible actor. I can't, you know, it just means, you know, that I, that wasn't for me. It was for someone else and congratulations, you're gonna kill it. Now let me go find what's for me. I would say to never attach the rejection to yourself. Like, and I did a a lot of that. And I still sometimes do. And I have to like kind of stop myself because it becomes so easy mornly to when you get rejected to think it's a you problem or it's about you on such a deeper and personal level when it isn't, you know, like it's the name of the game. It's the name of the game, you know, and it sucks. (laughs) Like it's, especially when you fall in love with the role and work like before you even got into audition you're like yes and you put in so much time and effort and you're like I'm gonna kill it and I want it so badly and to just not hear back or to just not land it it sucks but like next opportunity nah yeah you're on that was some strong advice and I hope like the youth whoever gets to hear this like obviously takes this to heart but you know, that's all we can we've got for today. But yo, thank you so much for like coming on the show. Like I've, it's been waiting, and I've been wanting this interview for the longest time. Oh, I'm so yeah. Um. Hopefully, we'll have another one soon, and I'll yeah. definitely contact you. And obviously, yeah. hope to see okay. you in more movies, more shows. Come on. Yeah, yeah. yeah I received. Woo. I receive all of that. And I love what you was doing with this um, podcast. I think it's so cool to celebrate 
young upcoming people because we're doing a lot we're doing the most like this and shows yeah young people in different um fields that are just Mm. killing it man and it's so nice to be recognized so thank you for recognizing us so i hope you have a great day and all the best okay thank you bye Bye. you too Cheers. cheers And that is a wrap, folks. Thank you so much to Anati for gracing us with your time and really sharing your story. It's such a motivational and inspiring story to hear. And we really are wishing you nothing but the best in the future. I know prosperity is going to be flowing in. I know all the accolades that you are dreaming of are going to come into fruition. It's only just a matter of time. So if you are looking to hear more about Anati, you can follow her on Instagram. Her handle is Anati Godlo. And you can take a look at her her past work, her past projects that she's been on board on, and a whole bunch of, of projects that are going to be coming into play in the future. You definitely won't be disappointed. Special shout out to the main man, Sobotobi. As usual, the guys' beats just just don't disappoint. I mean, are you guys listening to this beat? Man, if you want to find out more of his music, go find him on Apple Music and Spotify. His handle is Sobotobi, S-O-B-E-R-T-O-B-Y. And you can also check him out on Instagram. It's the same handle as well as checking him out on Twitter. He's a really funny guy. You know, it's really funny. Like, I'm always amazed every day at every single one of you who continue to listen to the podcast. We really are grateful and we really appreciate you guys. I am going to ask a huge favor. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the podcast and turn on your notifications so that you guys can get alerts as to when new episodes are released. And if you haven't already, if this is the first time you're tuning into the episodes, you can take a look at our other episodes. We have a whole range of artists, entrepreneurs who we have interviewed, and there's just a bunch of inspiration and motivation and value waiting for you guys to listen to. So go check them out. You can take a look at our merch line dropping, titled Purpose, and you can take a look at it on our website, www.telescopevision.co.za. You can see our campaign shots and our lookbook shots. And just take a look at our website. It's, it's a really fun experience to engage in. And I think with that, we can get into our daily words of wisdom. A vision is a plan for the future based on imagination and wisdom. These are from the words of Ella Cardone. In this dunya, we're given one lifetime. So reflecting on what you're going to use your lifespan to create a legacy, how are you going to execute that and recognize that 
through whatever your intended legacy that you're trying to leave or even if it's not a legacy even if it's a goal understand that you're in it for the long haul so you have to be able to play big in the long run but also understand what you're doing in the short term has to contribute in the long run remember see for what it is not for what you want it to be peace out